Welcome to Two and a Half Sportsmen, a sports comedy podcast hosted by Jordan Pomaville, Joel Anderson, and your sports outsider, Phil Ranta. Let's get it on. And now it's time for Sports Throughout History! Bum, 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 bum. This week, the first Super Bowl! Oh, wow. Hooray! Bringing it back. (laughs) Yes, as we've just watched the conclusion of Super Bowl 50-something, what was it again? 53? 55, I think. 55. L-I-V? 55. Rolling right along. Sammy Hagar of Super Bowls. (laughs) Yeah. No, 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 Jordan. He can't drive 55. Well, I mean, so he tells the police officer, but go on. (laughs) Yes. Uh, so the, uh, first Super Bowl, uh, occurred in 1967 following the 1966 season, and it was quite interesting how they got there. The NFL had fended off several other rival leagues in the past, uh, over its 30 or so years of existence. So the older league initially ignored the new upstart, the AFL, uh, with its eight teams, figuring it'd be made up of nothing but NFL rejects. But, boy, boy, were they wrong, right? Yeah. yeah. No. They weren't oh. actually. Oh. The AFL did have a bunch of NFL rejects. <laughs> huh. But guess what? The NFL wasn't so good at picking who was good and bad. <laughs> That's still oh. true. It's kind of like Lauren Michaels. Yeah. All of a sudden, the yeah, exactly. If you if you did a show with nothing but people that I know who've been rejected by SNL, I think it would be funnier than the one that's on right now. I think now. it would be way funnier. Yeah. I know 10 people uh, that have been rejected by SNL that are funnier than anybody on SNL right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just the people we know. There's a bunch of ones I've heard of that I know as well. Yeah. So who's the Lauren Michaels of the NFL that screwed up so bad? Uh, all of them. All of the NFL, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Lots of rejects were playing in the AFL and were uh, having a lot of uh, popularity. Uh, Hey, oops, NFL, your substandard system of talent evaluation is showing. Uh Uh-oh, cover it. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. So soon, the NFL and the AFL found themselves locked in a massive bidding war over the top free agents and the prospects coming out of college. Uh, And originally, things were kept at like a simmer. You know, it was more of a cold war than a hot war. It wasn't a shooting war because mm. there was a tacit agreement between the two not to raid each other's rosters uh, and pick off current players. And it was in the middle of the Cold War. So, like, the AFL's like, I just want the American blue jeans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and the NFL was like, there's really nothing we need from you. <laughs> right. We've got <laughs> disco. We're good. I guess there's a there's a sense of... of Class justice at play there that we are interested in, but your execution is suspect. So, right, yeah. But here's the thing: that policy broke down because the NFL jumped out there uh, and they stole a player from the Buffalo Bills, signed a guy who was under contract for the Buffalo Bills. Oh man, so this is shots fired. Oh yeah. So do you know who that was? Uh, no. George Washington Carver. Yeah, Pete Gogolak. Ah, who was the Gogolak. place kicker for the Buffalo Bills. It was a place kicker that they raided? <laughs> yep. That's what, uh, that was them shooting down a U2 plane. Was yeah, exactly. Taking a place kicker. <laughs> so and then, a place kicker in 1967 meant that they could kick it, what, like 25 yards? 
Yeah, it was definitely people have gotten better. But so the the AFL owners uh, then responded by signing a few players of their own, including eight of the NFL's top quarterbacks. That seems like a a, a big retaliation. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Not proportional. AFL. <laughs> yeah. Wait, was was uh, Genghis Khan the owner of the New York Jets back then? What what happened? You sign one of our kickers, we sign eight of your quarterbacks. I like that. It's very mafia tactics. Yeah, that's yeah. like, uh, you, you know, mess with me, I kill your whole family. I kill your sister. <laughs> I kill your brother. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends yeah. one of yours to the hospital, you send one of theirs to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, facing a situation where competing leagues might result in, and this is just horrifying to even think about the fact that this might ever have occurred, but it might have resulted in players having leverage in contract negotiations and earning higher salaries. Boo! Yeah, oh, if this competition was allowed to play out. Wow. <laughs> well, it would have been horrible. <laughs> oh, oh, no, those... market forces. Yeah, the, the, the talent might have actually been able to exact a value, commensurate with, uh, with what they're doing. But, yeah, just kidding. No worries. The AFL and the NFL merged. Yeah, uh, just their way of saying to every professional football player, go ahead, play Canadian football. <laughs> but Joel, and I know I don't they, want to get ahead. That was a couple, at least a couple years after the first Super Bowl, right? Uh, the merger? Yeah. Oh, I think they completed the merger after the first Super Bowl. Okay. But they, they at least came to an agreement in terms of uh, the collusion to create oh, a monopoly. Okay. <laughs> got it. So, got it. Yeah. Before they officially completed it, they did at least do the important first step, which was to ensure that there would be no free market competition. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, keep well, they, down costs they didn't know the, yeah. they, they didn't know the XFL was waiting in the wings ready to compete. <laughs> exactly but oh, they didn't it? see that coming <laughs> yeah it's like hydra waiting after world war ii to finally come back in a fantastic four movie in the 90s <laughs> yeah we all remember that yeah marvel universe come yeah on. but of course the big thing that came out of this first merger jordan uh is the creation uh, of the game that we all know so well, the AFL-NFL World Championship game. I'm actually not even sure I'm allowed to say that. I think it's copywritten. Uh, <laughs> so, boy, please don't sue me, AFL-NFL. I believe back then, was this 1966, 67, you said? Yeah. So at the time, I believe the supermarket circulars would have said, buy stuff for the game. Yep. <laughs> it was not the big game at the time, I do not believe. Yeah. Uh, but they still didn't call it by its name. <clears throat> right. Crucial. Uh, and also, I think not entirely fair name. Like, oh, you're just so sure that there's no football team from, like, Norway or Nepal that could win this one? Huh? Which, though, I mean, in all seriousness, I really think they should have opened it up uh, and been like, hey, any country that can put together 55 guys willing to take the field against a professional NFL or AFL team... We'll have a month where we'll fly all the teams in, put you up in a nice hotel, and let you get beaten to a pulp. <laughs> I feel like you're picking on Norway and Nepal a little bit. I, I feel <laughs> yeah. like I feel like those we you know those aren't like the best countries necessarily to produce football players. Well, 
I also am fairly confident that it it would have been okay. And I also would like to say, <laughs> come on, how 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 awesome would that be? It's like first of all, you give uh, both teams like a month so that they have extra preparation there, and all it is is like every other day they got to hop out to the field and take on Luxembourg or Monaco or something. And at the end, you know, while while they'll get beaten hideously. They'll also, you know, play to the whistle, and so you end up, like, applauding for him to having the courage to step in the field at all. Like what? Olympic basketball after 1992. <laughs> well, I gotta think, most Olympic basketball, because there was that stretch where the rest of the world got its act together to the point where they made us try. <clears throat> that is true. Yeah, that is true. Team where USA like, actually had to practice. Yeah. What? Like, oh, we should, we should have a point guard. <laughs> Americans don't practice. No, no, we we do now, Phil. Ah, uh, <laughs> you know, man, I miss the olden days. Yeah, you know, nobody's in the happy about times. it, but yeah. So this brings us to January fifteenth, nineteen sixty-seven. I'm I'm skipping over some stuff here, but uh, the world was ready for the very first AFL NFL World Championship, pitting the NFL's Green Bay Packers against the AFL's Kansas City Chiefs, and that very nearly was the matchup that we got. Uh. Packers were eliminated, uh, when were they eliminated? In the divisional the, round, right? No, in the championship round. It oh, was, yeah. Was Packers so, versus Bucks. Man, that would have been that would have been something. We would have had a rematch of the first Super Bowl. Or, I'm sorry, the first AFL-NFL World Championship. <laughs> right. Uh, another thing, that this would actually be, rather ironically, the first and only Super Bowl to be aired on more than one network, as both Whoa. CBS and NBC opted to show it. So a a strange moment of capitalist competition uh, for the game that symbolized the completion of a rock-solid cartel on professional American football that lives to this day. And there was only like four channels back then, right? So they had like half of all market well, Yeah, I was going to say, four if you lived in Detroit, three for most people. <laughs> yeah. Right. ABC, it was what? NBC, ABC, CBS. NBC, CBS, and then was PBS around No. Yet? No, it was not. Wow. It was or, 66 and two-thirds percent of the channels would be airing this game. So what did ABC counter-program? Boy, not... I didn't I didn't find that. I should really look that up. It was probably, uh, it was just, probably a... just uh syndicated episodes of Modern Family, you know. <laughs> yeah, wings. But yeah, yeah but exactly. If, if you guys wanted to go back today and analyze how the two broadcasts differ, you might notice that you can't do that. Because both networks wiped the tapes soon after to save money. Hello, 1960s. Right. Did they like record over it with like wedding footage or something? (laughs) Possibly. Yeah. As as I understand it, uh, in the 1960s, television was still acting as like the local AV club in addition to airing airing stuff on 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 television. Right. You got to get these tapes to Dick Cavett. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So the game was played at LA's Memorial Coliseum. A uh, a venue that I think we're all familiar with. Right. Yeah, I saw Weezer there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ironically, there's, the first halftime show. Yeah, there's yeah. our half sportsman for you. <laughs> uh, actually, I don't think I've ever seen anything in the Coliseum. I've just driven past it. It's a cool, it's a cool stadium because like of the it. old-timiness. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I definitely, I like it as a, you know, symbol of, of sports time past. And they light the torch before most games, which is pretty cool. Yeah, tell you what, maybe next week we'll get the history of the L.A. Coliseum. Huh? Ooh. Uh, 
Uh, maybe. Anyway, back to the first AFL-NFL World Championship. The upstart AFL Chiefs uh, against the pinnacle of the pre-merger NFL in the Green Bay Packers, who won uh, three straight titles during this period, I believe. And I got to tell you guys, the upstart Chiefs fared about as well as most upstarts do. They lost 35 to 10. Sure. Yeah. So not, not a close game. Yeah, but, you know, shades of NFL future, Packers QB Bart Starr really aired it out, guys, to the tune of 228 yards through the air. Whoa, what is he doing? Yeah, slow down there. That's that's power sweep territory. What are you, what are you Jeez, doing? Just keep the ball on the ground. What are you doing? Yeah, but uh, but I got to tell you guys, actually, the the uh, most incredible thing that you have to to really understand here is just how many uh, Super Bowl records were set in this game. Okay. I mean, all of them, right? <laughs> yeah, dozens. Because yeah, dozens. it was the first time ever. Dozens. This was easily the most record-breaking Super Bowl that's ever been played. Yeah, it was like most coin flips for in a Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah uh, ever since then, they've, they've only could tie it. Len yeah. Dawson and Bart Starr would combine to break every single record involving a passing stat. Right. And probably a running stats would all have yeah, been Yeah, Jim Taylor too. of the Packers would set uh, a new mark for the most rushing yards in a game at 56 yards that would stand until 1968 when he was eclipsed by Packers running back Ben Wilson, who scampered for 62 yards. Yeah, next year, right? <laughs> exactly. And yeah. of course, who could forget that legendary Elijah Pitts run that set the all-time longest TD scoring play in Super Bowl history at 37 yards. Woo! And that was the story of our very first Super Bowl. I think we and, should read this every year. <laughs> yeah, and that's just been... like Charlie Brown Christmas. That's our show. Email us at twoandahalfsportsmen at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at SportsmanPod. Or check out all of our episodes on any of those major podcast platforms. 